out there. And uh, yeah, well, it is really good to be here. My name is Travis. And uh, how many, how many, it's your first time at Resurgence? First time? Come on. Well, welcome. We are so glad to have you. Thank you so much. Yeah, give it up for those people the first time. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for coming. And, um, and uh, really excited. We just came off a weekend, uh, the Edmonton Burn, and uh, excited to have Cindy leading us tonight. Cindy was at the Burn. She led between 3 and 5 a.m. And so, um, how many, is anybody there during that period? Okay, there's a hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. We're having an altar call. No. Um, yeah, but three to five, and so just love her and Chris, and uh, they're good friends of mine, dear friends, and uh, really excited to have them uh, uh, leading us tonight, and Chris doing sound, and just the whole band, and so it's a real honor. It is an honor to be at North Point. Um, it's an honor to be here, and uh, I say that personally, but I also, as, as resurgence, we are honored to be here, but uh, Pastor Bob Jones extended the invitation, and, and he's here tonight actually doing the, the, the words and the graphics as for the songs and so we honor you pastor bob and thank you so much for extending north point to us tonight and uh it is an honor to be here and um yeah i am also this is um this is home in a sense for me i i grew up at a church central tabernacle which would be maybe the mother i don't know the connection but you it was the church that North Point was before it moved to North Point. And so I grew up there, and Pastor Bob was my pastor. And so I remember many nights on Sunday nights being around an altar praying for revival. And I remember those Sunday nights very clear, and they're very formative in, in my upbringing, knowing that the, I didn't even know what revival was, but we were around the altar praying for something. And uh, God, God burst something in my heart during those seasons when I was 13, 14 years old. And so I've had the privilege of even interning at Central. And so it is a, it is a real honor uh, to be here. So for the past several months, I have this word that's been on my heart and I want to share tonight. I believe it's a really significant word for everyone here. I, um, it's, uh, it actually started in California. I was having lunch with some new friends, didn't know them that well. We were having lunch together, and all of a sudden, he said something about Jericho. And he said, you know, Jericho, and he was talking about Jericho, and all of a sudden, I was like, Jericho. And, um, I, and, and that's where it started. And then, you know, since then, I couldn't escape this word. I could not escape the thought of it. Um, even this week, as I was preparing for tonight, I'm at Vanguard on Tuesdays, and I'm at Vanguard, and there's a guy from Bangkok, Thailand, speaking. And what's he speaking on? Jericho. And it's like everywhere I go, people are sending me texts about Jericho. And so I know this is a word for you tonight. It's a word for me. It's a word for resurgence, but it's a word for Canada. And I really believe that God is doing something. And, and um, you know, tonight we're going to talk about Joshua and Jericho. And if you grew up in the church like me, and depending on the era you grew up in the church, it might have been flannel graphs for you or veggie tales, uh, whatever era was your era, you know the story of Jericho. You know the story of Joshua and uh, this, this city that he took. Um, I've heard it told numerous ways. I personally have acted it out. I have um, been at youth camps where we marched around the tabernacle seven times. 
And then we shouted. So I know this story. Like, I remember this story. This is, and, and part of me is like, okay, that's a simple story. We know that story. But I feel it's a word for every single person tonight. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to work in every single life tonight. And there's breakthrough here tonight. But there's also breakthrough for a city. And there's also breakthrough for Canada. I believe we're at a significant time. And so we're going to read tonight Joshua chapter 5, if you have your Bibles. Uh, chapter 5, verse 13, and I'm going to read just a portion, and so we understand the context of the story. Now, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the army of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you're standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I've delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry the trumpets um, of the ram's horn in the front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse. The army will go up. Everyone straight in. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said, Take up the ark, the covenant, the seven priests carry the trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army, advance. Advance, I like that word. March around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the ark of the Lord. When Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing the trumpets. The ark of the covenant followed. The armed guard marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed. All this time the trumpets were sounding. But Joshua had commanded the army, do not give a war cry, do not raise your voices, do not say a word until the day I tell you to then shout. So he, so he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling at once. Then the ar- army returned to camp, spent the night there. Joshua got up early the next morning, and the priest took up the ark of the Lord, the seven priests carrying the trumpets, marching before the ark, blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them, and the rear guard followed while the trumpets kept sounding. So on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to camp. They did this for six days. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak, marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day, they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. The city and all that's in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab and the prostitute, and he goes on to what to do with the things And so it says, when the trumpet sounded in verse 20, the arm sh- army shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged straight in, and they took the city. They devoted the city to the Lord and destroyed with the sword everything living in it. In this story, there's an impossibility. We read here an impossibility. And um, Jericho was a strategic city. 
Jericho was in the middle of this land, of the promised land, and it, it was a wedge. And, and the thought was, if you could take Jericho, you would be sending a message to the whole land, Israel's in town. I mean, they're not playing games. They're, they're, they're showing up. So to take Israel or to take Jericho would be a huge military uh, move. It's a key military position. And it would, you know, but Jericho was only 10 acres around, they said. And archaeologists say that the problem was Jericho had two walls. It had a first wall and a second wall. And there's some speculation of how big these walls are. But some say one of the walls was close to 40-some feet. That's a big wall. And there's two walls. So you get in one wall, you, you defeat one wall, and then you're trapped. And they can, like, attack. So th- th- this is like a fortress. You know, we look at this stone wall behind us. And I can think, I mean, 46 feet is four to five stories. I don't know how many feet that is, but that's... Pretty close to looking up and going, oh man, that's a big wall. So here's this city. And Joshua's leading this. And I mean, this isn't like a cardboard box or a pup tent they're going against. This is like a fortress. This is crazy. Um, And the problem is they didn't have like rocket launchers or RPG weapons. They didn't have tanks. They didn't have bulldozers. They had swords, arrows, and... Remember David's weapon, sling. You know, that's what they had going against a wall like that. And it said that Jericho was so shut up because they were scared. They knew Israel was coming. They shut all the doors. They they were all inside. There was no way besides taking down that wall. And if you got down that wall, there's another wall, by the way. And they said that the wall was six, sometimes, some said five to six feet thick of muddy brick kind of things. And so this city is one of the oldest occupied cities, actually, they say, in the world, because uh, it would be destroyed and then built up. And so it was just built up on this destroyed. And so walls of impossibility. It's an impossible task to go into Jericho. And, you know, sometimes walls can tend to shadow the sun. They can be daunting. They can instill fear, seem hopeless, take over emotion, uh, feelings, make one actually want to go another way. That's the point. That's why they built Jericho. So you didn't want to attack it. It was so big and, and huge that you would not want to go through it. You would not want to go that way. But with an impossibility, there was also a word. And in grace... In, in this great impossibility of walls, there was a word. See, Joshua had taken over leadership of the Israelites, and God had told them, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. See, Moses encountered God, so that was so humbling. He, he, he encountered God, so to hear that, Joshua hearing, okay, you, you, uh, everywhere Moses went, like, you'll be with me. That was amazing. That was, that was a promise, and yet Moses actually never made it to the promised land. So on one hand, Joshua was like, okay, great, you're with me like you're with Moses. Moses didn't make it, and now I have to make it, you know, and i got to lead these people against this, like this massive wall, and how are we going to get through this, and, and what are we going to do, and, and, and all of this. But he knew, I believe in his mind, he knew that if God that was with Moses was with him, he had seen enough of what God did with Moses, that he knew that there, nothing was impossible with God. 
See, there was something in his spirit he knew. Later, the Lord tells Joshua this. He says, see, I've delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. There was a promise, there was a word, and there was a vision from God. See, sometimes all you have is a promise. Sometimes all we have is a few words, but it's a, it's a seed of faith. It's something small. Martin Luther King Jr. said, faith is taking the first step, even when you don't see the whole staircase. See, in the midst of impossibility, in the midst of this wall, Joshua had a word from God. The second thing he had is he had a posture. There was a posture. There was great impossibility, a looming fortress of Jericho. But there was a word, and we read, there was a posture. See, Joshua knows a word, and everywhere he steps is his. And I can imagine him thinking, he goes out one night. And he's there and he's just looking at this wall, looking at this city by himself. The weight of leadership on his shoulders. The weight of leading a, a nation who's come this far, who, who God's done amazing things, but yet there is a massive obstacle and he is just going, how are we going to do this? And I can imagine he's having a prayer walk. He's probably calling out to God, God, I don't know what to do. I'm not trained for this. You know, we didn't learn this in Bible college. Like, like what are we supposed to do? And all of a sudden, Scripture says, you know, the man appears to him with a sword. And he responds by saying, are you for us or for our enemies? And the man replies, neither, but as a commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy. We read that. See, this was a natural response. You know, here he's going, how am I going to get through this impossibility? How is this wall going to come down? Like, like God, what's going to happen? And all of a sudden, this guy shows up with a sword. And his response is like, are you for us? Or, you know, like, or are you for the enemy? Like, what's happening here? And it was a good question. It was a logical question. Maybe, maybe the Lord provided an army. Maybe, maybe this was like some foreign forces, special forces that just came in, you know? It was like an He's like, so are you for us or are you for them? But here's what, what happened here is that we tend to see the battles and walls we face as our battles and our walls. And the forces we face as the forces marshaled against us. And our individual causes, concerns, agendas, even sometimes our theological beliefs. But the commander of the army of the Lord response calls a shift in the posture of Joshua. This is where the victory happened. See, the shift was his thinking. The battle is God's battle, not his. Rather than, is God on your side? Are you on God's side? See, it's a simple change of words. Just a few. But it makes a big difference in a heart. Are you... Is God on your side? Or are you on God's side? And this commander-in-chief says... Uh, Joshua's like, are you on my side? N- neither. And, and, and the shift was... I'm on the Lord's side. Are you, Joshua, with us? And, and there's something where it changes... And, you know, we tend to approach our battles in life and the walls and the impossibilities, causes. We, we tend to approach them backwards. We turn things around and try to marshal God to support us 
rather than try to submit to him and follow him. See, there seems to be no question that Joshua understood this. And here's what he said. He said, what has my servant, Lord, what has my Lord to say to his servant? He understood that. There was something in his heart. He goes, yeah, right. And and, and all of a sudden he went face down. Theologians actually believe that this angel was not actually an angel. This chief commander of the Lord's army that showed up was actually the pre-incarnate Jesus. And the reason theologians believe that is because every else, everywhere else in Scripture, when an angel shows up and man tries to worship the angel, it's like, no, 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 I'm not, don't worship me, worship God, is what the angel's kind of response is. But in this case, this commander-in-chief doesn't say, oh, don't worship me, I'm not God. It receives the worship. And, it's, and also says to Joshua, the ground you're standing on is holy ground. Take off your sandals. See, the other thing we learn in the posture of Joshua is he had an encounter with God. He had an encounter with Jesus. He had an encounter. Uh, you know, one encounter changes everything. Zechariah 4, 6 says, Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. It was a posture of his heart. See, there was an impossibility. There was a word, and now there's a posture, a response. I'm, uh, God, you're not on my side. I'm on your side. There's a shift there in our thinking. And then the second thing, so there's, a, there's an impossibility, there's a word, there's a posture. But then there's a community. See, Joshua then gets this crazy plan from God to march six times around the city. Have everyone not say a word. And on the seventh day, do it seven times. Like, it is crazy. <laughs> like, that is a crazy plan. And... You know, and so then he tells the people to advance. The Ark of the Covenant's going out. The trumpets are going out. Doot, doot, doot. I mean, I used to play the trumpet, so I know a little bit about the trumpet. And, um, and I can just imagine, I can imagine the thought of those soldiers, like, marching around this wall. The people of Jericho, like, looking down and going, what are they doing? And it's like, just marching around, not saying a word. Doot, doot, doot. You know, with the big Ark of the Covenant. And all those like guys dressed up in their cool garbs and everything going on. And, and, and I can just imagine that. And, you know, but they were together in one accord. There was no squabbling. They were together as a community. They were together as an army. They were in step. They were following their commander. And, and, and they were following Joshua's orders because the Lord had given it. You know, if this was modern day, I think most people who would be following um, would be on their smartphone because it would be boring. And I think they'd be on their smartphone phone Googling how to break down Jericho. And they would be coming up with how stuff is made. They would be making new inventions, saying, this is dumb. Why is Joshua doing it this way? There's 40 easy steps right here. I have a YouTube video. I can watch how to do it. I mean, we live in a world where we go to the doctor, but we don't believe what the doctor says. So we go on Google to see if the doctor actually knows what he's doing. I mean, it, that's the world we live in. We, we, we don't trust authority. We, we, don't, we, don't, we don't trust the advice of someone that has eight years of education because we, we know better. Google knows better. Um, and, and, and there's something about authority is not trusted. It's not valued. It's not honored. But here the people, they honored the authority. They honored Joshua and his leadership. And they were in community. They were in step. 
See, in Acts 2, in the upper room, they were all together in one place, in one accord. See, God blesses unity. God moves in unity. There's something when we come together in unity. The second thing about community is they had an endurance. It says here that each day they got up and did this every day. But it didn't say that Joshua told them, okay, this is the plan for the next seven days. He just kept saying, okay, get up, let's do this again. Okay, get up. Like, I don't know about you, but I think I'd be like, okay, what are we doing again? We're going to walk around, blow the trumpets, not fight, walk around this massive wall. We don't have rocket launchers. We don't have catapults. We don't have any way of bringing this wall down. And we did it yesterday, and we're going to do it. How long are we doing this for? Like, what's your plan here? And it's just like the endurance to just, just do it, just keep doing it, to just keep going. There's something, they remained committed to the cause. They trusted their leader. They trusted Joshua. They stood and said, we're going to do this. And you know what happened was, there was an impossibility, there was a word, there was a posture, there was community, and they got a breakthrough. They got a breakthrough. It was a miracle. The impossible wall, a wall that's 46 feet, some archaeologists say tall, where there's two walls. There's no way. How with a sling and arrows are you going to bring that wall down? It said the people were so melted with fear inside, they shut all the doors. They, they were scared. But still, how are you going to get inside? How are you going to get into Jericho? And you know, like Joshua's leadership is riding on this. It's all here. And there's impossibility. But the Bible says that they marched seven times and on the seventh day they did it seven times maybe they got dizzy i don't know but they shout for the lord like i wonder the guy who's counting one two you know i wonder if he lost count you know but they're counting this and they marched right in it said the walls collapsed and archaeologists have gone to the site in jericho and they actually see that the walls collapsed into one another in such a way that the guys could just like march right in, like, like a hill, just boom, and go right into the city and take the city. It seemed impossible, but they took it. You know, Matthew 19, 26 says, With man, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. Hebrews eleven thirty says, By faith the walls of Jericho had fell and down after it was circled for seven days. See, there was a faith stand. And I believe this word impossibility, word, posture, community, breakthrough, is not just for us tonight, not just for resurgence, but it's also for Canada. See, we face an impossibility in our nation. We face an impossibility in our nation. A few weeks ago, a guy came into the parliament building. We watched on the news. It was a shocking thing that a guy would kill Nathan Krill and then come into the building and shoot. People were in their rooms hiding, and he was shooting. Darkness came. I believe it's a physical sign. I I think darkness has been coming for a long time. This was just a physical outburst of it. But it's been coming. It's been happening. It's increasing. Every single institution we know is under attack. The family is under attack. Morality is under attack. Marriages are being attacked. Everything we know, the church is being attacked. Everything that we know is being attacked. It's a dark time. And to be frank, it seems impossible at times, doesn't it? It seems like even if you look at the wall, even if you say something about the wall, you'll be attacked. We can't even look at the wall and say there's a big wall there because uh, we'll be attacked. 
There's a fear of even looking at the wall. There's a fear of approaching the wall, not even wanting the wall to come down. But there are walls. There's impossibilities in our nation. And if I were to ask you in this room, do you believe that Canada could be saved? What would you say? Do you believe that Canada could be saved? You know, Isaiah 66, 8 says, Who's ever heard such a thing? Who's ever seen such things? Can a country be born in a day or a nation be brought forth in a moment? See, we face giant walls of impossibility. Could Canada be saved? Yet, I want to tell you tonight, there's a word. There's a word. In 1535... Jacques Cartier sailed up the St. Lawrence River to Montreal. To commemorate the founding of Montreal, Cartier wrote in his diary, We all kneeled down in the company of the Indians, and with our hands raised towards heaven, yielded our thanks to God. Our country was founded by people who knew God. In 1864, various provinces got together to talk about confederation in Charlottetown. There were 33 fathers of confederation. They discussed over 10 days. They got together in Charlottetown. They, they ate and they discussed about this new land, this new found land. Could the provinces come together? Could there be unity among the provinces? Could there be something that we could unite and be one nation? And so they ate and they talked and they, they dreamed about this land, Canada. Could, could something come together? And they were all together and yet they weren't sure of the name. And there was a guy there named Sir Samuel Leonard Tilly. And he was from New Brunswick, St. John's, New Brunswick. He was the premier, the leader of New Brunswick at the time. And he was a devout Christian. He loved God. And that morning he got up, the morning that they were talking about this, he, he was reading in his Bible. And he was reading the words of Psalm 72, 8. He shall have dominion also from sea to sea, from river unto the ends of the earth. He was so convinced that this verse, he felt the Lord say that this verse is for Canada. This verse is for the nation. This is the word for the nation. This is the word. So he went back to the fathers of confederation and said, I believe this is a word for our nation. He presented it. And they decided that Canada should be called the Dominion of Canada. It it was adopted as the word for the nation. God gave a guy a word, and that was adopted as we started Canada, the country we are in today. Today, the following words hang in the corridor in Charlottetown, in the Confederation Chamber, in the Providence House. It says, in the hearts of the delegates who assembled in this room, September 1st, 1864, was born the Dominion of Canada. Providence being their guide, they build it better than they knew. See, Canada was formed by a word that God placed on a man. There is a word. He shall rule from sea to sea. He shall have dominion in this land, Canada. In 1981, there's the Charter of Human Rights that was, that was released by Trudeau. And in it, it says, Canada is founded on the principles of the supremacy of God. Samuel Tilley, who who came up with that word, he actually went on to be lieutenant governor of New Brunswick twice. He went on to do all these other roles. He was in parliament and everything. And on his deathbed, they they said, okay, you're dying. You know, what do you want on your gravestone? We're going to say you've been the premier. You're a father of confederation. You helped form Canada. All this thing, he says, I don't want any of that on my gravestone. I want these words put on my gravestone. 
His trust was in Jesus. That's the guy that had a word from God for our nation. I have a friend that just has gone to his grave and it's there and you can see it. His trust was in Jesus. Here's a guy that had a lot of other recognitions, but that was the main thing in his life. Like Joshua, there's a promise to take the land. We have a word that this nation was started with. We have a word. God keep our land glorious and free. There's an impossibility, there's a word, but there's a posture. See, I believe too many times we can look at our tool belt and see God, see the Holy Spirit as one of the tools in our belt, on our side. Okay, well maybe we'll use God in this situation. We'll use the Holy Spirit here. But I don't believe that's the right posture. I believe we are to fall face down and realize the battle isn't ours. The battle isn't ours. See, realize he isn't on our side. We're on his. We're on his side for our nation. See, before everyone in this room was ever born, there was a word that formed a nation, Canada. God watches over his word. He has the final say. He has dominion. There is one thing to take a new nation, but this isn't a new nation. We're not taking new land like Jericho was new land. This is a land that already has a word spoken over it. We're living in a country that already has a word, has its DNA, that that he shall have dominion from sea to sea. It's arising again. There's a restoration we're believing for. See, we can have a posture that the Holy Spirit is just another tool in our belt. We can charge it up on Sundays. Like a power drill. Like a DeWalt drill or something. But that's the wrong posture. He has to be the only thing. He has to be the only thing. He's not just a tool. He's the only thing. There must be a rising of a reliance on Him. Canada needs an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Canada needs an encounter with God. We can have great plans. We can have great programs. We can have great ideas. But if we don't have the Holy Spirit, if we don't have an encounter with the Commander-in-Chief where He comes and we fall face down, we're missing the point. There's something that God wants to do in our nation and it's arising again. There's a resurgence. We talk about that word, but it's for a nation. God wants to do a resurgence in Canada. So many times we're trying to use arrows against this 46-foot brick wall. It's not going to work unless we have God and we know that we're on His side. The other thing is community. There's a call for a community to arise. Come unity. It involves churches, it involves regions, it involves people putting together their differences and saying, putting together the things that they have in common and saying, we're behind it, we're coming together, there's community. To be so hungry for an encounter, we put off our agendas and our programs and say, we just want you, God. We want more of you. We're hungry. You know, last weekend at the burn, I believe something significant happened. I can't put into words what happened, but there was maybe 300 people in the room in the, in the evenings, and the presence of God was so thick. Jim Hall and I, we just didn't even want to touch the mic. It was like, I, I don't want to touch it. I don't, I don't want to touch the ark. It's like he is here. He is in the room. He is doing something. God is doing something. And, and, and it's like, I want to be on that side. I want to be in unity with what he's doing. I want to be joined with what he's doing. There's something where we can come in unity with that. 
Jericho is coming down. I believe something broke even over our city and our region last weekend as we worship. God is doing something in unity in this city. It was amazing. We had, I think, 20-some churches, give or take a couple, uh, uh, that were involved in worship leaders. We had 22 worship leaders, people from all denominations going, we want God to move in Edmonton. That's amazing. God's doing something. And you know what result of that is Breakthrough breakthrough. Canada's flag is not an accident. It's significant. Breakthrough will mean healing for the nations. Revelation 22 verse 2 says, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. I was watching the Olympics this year and there was a thing on the screen that says, Canada, your someday is here. It was an ad. I forget it was an ad for, but I took a screenshot. And it, Canada, your someday is here. I believe it's a now time for Canada. And I, I, I was like, yeah, that's it. Canada, your day is here. God's moving in Canada. And I believe there's something about healing for the nations. It's in our DNA. Maybe you're in this room. I feel there's people even from this room. You're going to go to nations and bring healing. God's called you to go to the nations and bring healing. God's called you to go out. There's something that you're carriers of it. There's even people I feel like you're visiting. You're even from another nation. But the reason why you're here is to get the DNA of Canada. Because there's something in the DNA of Canada, the healing. And that you're going to go back to where you're from and you're going to take it. That's why you're here. You've been wondering why you're here. I, I believe that's why you're here. But this is also a word for resurgence corporately tonight. You know, in 2008, there was an impossibility that we just felt as a lead team. There was a conference or a festival coming to Edmonton called Deadmonton. And it was around Halloween. And, and it was part of the reasons all these things were happening. At the time, statistics were coming out that young adults were leaving church like never before. And people weren't encountering the presence of God. And so something rose up. There was, there was something where God put a word. We felt an impossibility and, and the word came. And the word was Ezekiel in the Valley of Dry Bones. Where the, where the bones were dry and they were impossible. And then God said to Ezekiel, speak breath into them. And all of a sudden this army arose. And so there was a word, a call forth arising again. The word resurgence came. I remember we made a list of words. What do we call it? We're going to do some nights of meetings. What do we call this? We made all these words. And all of a sudden the word resurgence, like what's that mean? I had to look it up. And I'm like, rising again, renewal, restoration to use, revival. I think that's the word. Isaiah 60 says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth. Thick darkness is over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you, and the glory appears over you. There's a posture. Resurgence isn't ours. Resurgence isn't mine. Resurgence isn't our lead team's. We're just stewards of this. It's a movement. It's a movement of all of us. Maybe your first time you're here, you're welcome to be part of us. You're a part of it. And we're believing God to move. We just want to keep being on holy ground, falling face down. There's a call to be face down. Joshua was face down. The battle was won in that moment, not when they did the marching. The battle was won in the posture. The battle was won in the posture. It was when he knew, I'm on God's side. It's not my battle. It's not my 
wall to bring down. It's God's. Community. There's been an endurance as resurgence. Six years we celebrated actually this last weekend. We're six years old. And turn to someone and say, happy birthday resurgence. With a little bit of enthusiasm. A little bit. You can be a little happy about it. But we're six. We're six years old. And there are volunteers. There are prayer warriors. There are musicians. There are people that have prayed. And, and thank you. It has not been easy at times. At times people are like, yeah, this is like we're doing it every month. It's a lot of work. It's a march. And we live in a consumerist society where it's easy to kind of look and see, and I'll, I'll check out resurgence, and then I'll move on to whatever news happening and whatever. And, and if you haven't figured this out, it's funny, we, as a lead team, talk about people are still, they'll come in, they're still trying to figure out what resurgence is. And resurgence isn't, yeah, we do events and stuff, but we're a community. We're about calling you to be part of it. We're, 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 we believe we want to be something that you are missed when you're not here. So that's why our advance is so important because we just want to hang out and grow together and empower each other and see honor place and see you step into your destiny and your dream. So it's more than just coming to a night and, oh, I'll just come and check it out and then leave. But it's something about investing in this movement that's multi-churches and that is about a nation. And we believe God's preparing us for Canada. I have no idea what that looks like. I don't know how to do it. But hopefully, together, we can figure it out. Together, we can come together as a community and say, God, we want more. And so we finish these five nights of meeting. Uh, we're gathering together for five nights called Come Unity. And we were together, and, you know, 20 churches were there, 50 people. And we learned about our identity in Christ, who we are in Christ, but then how, also how we get free from fear and doubt and, and a lifestyle of empowerment. See, there's something about coming together, being vulnerable, learning from each other, honoring what God has put in each other. See, the word says, the spirit and the bride say, come. I never knew what that meant. I was always like, the spirit and the bride, so spirit's God, we're the bride. Who's saying come, you know? Like, the spirit saying come, the bride saying come. And I realized they're both saying come together. And there's something when God's always saying come. But when we say come, there's a unity, there's something that connects. And I believe we're in a season where something is connecting. God, come. Come to Canada. Come to Edmonton. Move in our city. Move in our churches. Every church that's represented. Like, would there be a revival in every church in this city? From Baptist to Pentecostal to a Episcopalian, I don't even know, any kind of denomination that loves Jesus and wants more. God, would you move in Canada? See, there's a breakthrough. There's an impossibility, but a word, a posture, a community rising up. But I believe that for the movement of resurgence, this is a key season. We have marched for six years. And when I was in California and sitting at the table, my friend had talked about Jericho. And he goes, yeah, it's, you know, six years, but it's the seventh year. And right away, it just hit me. We're entering our seventh year. And the Lord spoke to me. I could feel goosebumps at the table. And and I didn't even know this guy. He was a pastor there. Like, I just had met him. And I was like, God's speaking to me about Jericho. It's our seventh year. And I believe this is a significant year for resurgence. We've been contending, we've been praying, we've been gathering. 
we made a major leap last, last fall, uh, myself going full time. But I believe, yeah, we make a step of faith. Faith doesn't end. We don't just go, okay, make a step of faith and stop there. But there's a continued, we're believing now for a nation. I have no idea what that looks like. Like I said, as a lead team, we have no idea. We just wrote on our visioning about a year ago, Canada. Canada's big. Karis and I were like, yeah, Canada. And then we're like, yeah, Canada. And it's funny is that I didn't really realize that I was passionate about Canada. Certain people have called it out of me at times and called it. But I remember 10 years ago, I was in, uh, I was in engineering at the U of A. And I was in engineering at the UNA probably more than 10 years ago. And I was, um, no, 10 years, less than 10. Um, and I, I don't know math. And I'm an engineer. I don't know math. Um, but I was there, and I remember one night I was so frustrated. God, what are you calling me? I want direction. Maybe you're here like tonight, and you're like, what's the direction for my life? Well, I was at that moment desperate to hear God, desperate for his presence, desperate for something. And I'm calling out to God, and God said, get up and go to this ministry that's happening downtown at your church, which was Central Tabernacle, and it was a Monday night. It was a ministry called The Reef. And I said, okay, God, I'll go, but here's what I feel. I feel you've called me to Canada, and I have no idea why I'm an engineer and why I'm doing this and what you're doing and how, how you're going to do this. And I said, I feel like there's a calling to Canada, but where are you? And I just felt, get in your car. I'm like, I got homework to do. I can't go. And I just felt this, like, get in your car and go. I said, okay, God, I'm not going to meet anyone else. I'm going to meet with you. So, he, like, yeah, I was an ultimatum. You ever did that where you're like, okay, God, I'm going. You better show up. You know, I was telling God what to do. And so I get in my car, put some worship on, get there. It's probably 8 o'clock. I'm late. Like, I, I get in the back of the chapel of Central Tabernacle. Cindy may have even been leading. Who knows? There's a lot of people there. It was packed, packed to capacity. There was no seats. I was, I was standing on the back wall, worshiping, forgot what I had kind of yelled out to God, just trying to, just trying to worship. And my friend, Luke Day, who was visiting from Dalhousie University, who used to be involved, at, was a good friend of mine, he was just visiting that night, comes over to me and says, can I pray for you? I'm not here, I'm just visiting, but I feel like I need to pray for you and I can't shake it. Sure, Luke. You know. So I shut my eyes, he goes, the Lord says you've been asking about Canada. You're called to Canada. And in the words that I asked the Lord, Luke repeated them back to me. He prophesied over Canada. I still remember it almost word to word to this day about the call of my life for Canada and what God was doing. And I, and I say all of that to say God watches over his word. God, God puts us in a posture, but there's a breakthrough. Jericho is coming down. And I feel tonight there's a word that we must get in our hearts. There is a Jericho moment. There's a Jericho moment for Canada. There's a Jericho moment for resurgence. But there's a Jericho moment for every single person here tonight. And Cindy, if you could come and, and, and play. And uh, we're going to close. But here's what I feel is impossibility. Are there walls that you're facing? What obstacle seems impossible to you? Is it relationships? Is it sickness? Is it finances? Is it business ideas? Businesses? Dreams? Dreams? direction 
Where are you at? Where, what is impossible? What is the wall that you're looking at that seems like that'll never move? Maybe it's cancer. Maybe it's, maybe it's whatever word that is. Seems like a 46-foot wall that you're like, I have no idea. I have a slingshot, and that's a brick wall, and it's not going to work. What is it tonight that you're facing? See, the Word says that nothing is impossible with God. You may have an impossibility, but the Word says nothing is impossible with God. God is for you who can be against you. Today is the day of salvation. There's a word. There's an impossibility. There's a word, but there's a posture. See, when Joshua met the commander of the Lord's army, are you for us or for the enemy? Neither. It is not if God is on our side, but if you're on God's side. It's a change of words. But the battle isn't your battle tonight. The Lord wants you to know. And I feel that's a word for us tonight. It's not our wall. It's not our wall. And even what Diana shared about anxiety and people um, just feeling tired. I felt driving here. I had a picture of someone and it's like you're hauling like, like, like stuff. I almost saw like a tugboat hauling those barges behind it. And you're hauling like stuff behind you and it's anxiety and it's, and it's, and it's, um, it's, it's stuff that's like the weight of the wall. How am I going to get over that wall? How is this? And it's like just dread. And it's just this, this like tugboat. Of, I, I don't know. I don't know. This, and I'm hauling this. And I feel the Lord saying it's not your burden to carry. It's not your battle. It's not the wall. It's not yours. It's my battle. And there's something when we tuck into him, when we rest, when we say it's not about performing. It's not about what you can do. But it's about what he's already done. He died on the cross for every sickness that we may have. Jesus is the healer. And Jesus has already paid for it. He's already done it. You know, it's to put the tool belt down. He's our commander. There's a rest in Him. See, we weren't created. You weren't created for you. You were created for Him. And we know, when we know who God is, we know where we are in God, we know our identity in Him, then you can rest in that. You may face walls and you may face accusations, you may face rejection, but it won't bother you if you know who you are in Christ. Because you're dead to this life, you're alive to Him. He paid every rejection. So sometimes when we get rejected, when we have rejection, we face things. It's not your battle. It's not you to carry that burden of what people think and what people don't think. He carries that. And there's a laying down of that burden. There's a laying down of that posture. And there's a community where you're not alone. The enemy wants you to be alone. The enemy wants to say you have to deal with the problem by yourself. And you, you just, just just shut other people out. Go, go independent. Be independent. There's an independent spirit. But God calls us to be in community. God calls us to be part of churches. 
God calls us to be part of people that are around us. So we say, I love you. I want to help you through this. I want to walk with you. I want to, I want to walk you through this step you're in. And then there's a breakthrough. Your Jericho is falling. And I believe God wants to heal people. God wants to maybe set you free from things tonight. I believe God wants to minister to every person here tonight. I just want you to shut your eyes and uh, bow your heads for a moment. If you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the greatest miracle that can ever happen is that He comes in and makes home in your heart. Jesus is the only way to God. Jesus is the only way to salvation. He is. He wants to be your best friend. He wants to come in and change everything. So if you're here tonight and you don't know him, you would say, Travis, if it were to all end tonight and I were to leave this place and be hit by a car or die suddenly, I wouldn't know that I know that I know that I'm right with God tonight. That Jesus is my Savior tonight. So if that's you tonight, you don't know that give you the opportunity to say yes to him tonight. What does that mean? It means him coming into your heart. Coming in and and his love coming into your heart. God is real and he's in this place. And he wants to come in make his home. And so, if that's you tonight, without no one looking around, I just want you to raise your hand and say, yeah, I want Jesus tonight to come into my heart. I want to accept him. See you. I'm just gonna look. Yeah, see that hand? Yeah, it's gonna wait. Yeah. Yeah. Just want us to all pray this together. Just repeat after me Jesus, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you're here. I invite you to come into my heart to be the savior of my life. Take my sin. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I I want you to take over my life, to come and make me new, to be the commander of my life. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer, I want to meet with you after and love to connect and give you some materials. But um, impossibilities. God is a God of the impossible. If you uh, feel like you're facing some walls tonight, whether it's finances, sickness, dreams, you just whatever it is. Maybe it's walls that, um, I feel like there's even walls that you've created. And God wants to reveal that they're actually not walls. You've lived under self-imposed walls. You've made your own walls. And they're coming down tonight because they're actually not even walls. You've limited your potential because of hurt and limited your potential because of pain and said, I won't do that again. But because of it, you've limited where you're going to go. And God is saying, it's time to tear down those walls of hurt and be healed in that. And so if that's you, if you um, just have walls and you go, I just need, I need to be set free from these walls. I have impossible walls, whatever it may be. I just want you to stand across this place. And we're going to pray.
whatever it is. I'm just going to wait a minute as you stand and then we're going to pray. extend your hands towards these people that are up just kind of extend your because they're not alone so God right now for every wall that's represented in this room God I thank you you're the God that makes impossible things possible so God I speak to every single wall here every sickness every disease God is not you. It's of the enemy. And we declare healing right now in Jesus' name. We declare freedom from every affliction, from every addiction, from every every test of the doctors that's waiting and every anxiety and every burden. We declare freedom right now. God, that burdens would lift. Anxiety would lift. Stress would lift. God, where there's direction needed, we pray right now for the divine directing hand of God. We pray for God to speak right now, God, that you would speak in every situation that's represented here tonight. God, have your way. Move when it seems impossible. God, I pray for finances, God, where there's limitations and where, God, where businesses need a breakthrough tonight. We declare a breakthrough over business. We declare a breakthrough over finances, that bills would be paid, God, that that money would come from where, God, you just provide. God, we ask you for a supernatural move of God tonight. God, we ask you that, that every sickness, every disease would be gone now from every person that's here tonight, but even family members that were in standing in the gap for. We declare healing now for situations that seem hopeless. We declare life. We declare prodigals to come home, husbands to be saved, wives to be saved, like breakthrough God in every situation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you're standing, just open your arms like to receive. Just kind of. Yeah. Holy Spirit. Thank you that you're here. God, I pray for your love to just fall in this place that we would know a greater dimension of your love. Somebody with a back condition, I feel like God is, it's in the lower back, God is healing it. I just feel that there's a lower back, like a lower disc, I, I see. It's just, God, we pray healing right now over that in Jesus' name. Stomach conditions, God, we've come against every stomach infirmity. Digestive system, healed in Jesus' name. We just declare that. Thank you. 
I sense tonight is a is a launching point for some. I feel like it's a launching point of even direction, but God is birthing some things. He's birthing some dreams. And even when I spoke about Canada, there's something about Canada that resonated in your heart. God's birthing some things for the nation. But we all stand in this room. And uh, I want to do something. I don't, I don't know if we've ever done this at a resurgence, but we're not going to march around the church. Um, and I didn't bring my trumpet, so you're, you're, in, you're in luck. Um, but I want to invite you to the altar. And I want to invite every person, not just because you should come, but because I feel like there's something when we come together in unity and when we come to the altar, before I fall at the altar, come and pick me up. No, um, and we fall, and, or I fall, but we come together at, at the altar. And there's something where we're coming together and saying, God, we want more of you. We're so hungry for you. We're hungry for more. And so I want to invite you to come out of your seat. Cindy's going to lead us. And we're just going to press into God a little longer. There's no agenda. There's nothing we have to do. But I believe God wants to meet with us tonight. He wants to meet with every person. And and there's something when we step out, it's changing our posture. And let that be a change of posture of our heart as well. God, it is not my battle, but yours. God, you're not on my side. I'm on your side. So just come around the altar and just press into God however you want. You want to kneel. You want to stand. You want to open your arms. But God, we are so hungry for you in Edmonton tonight. We are hungry in you for Canada. God, we want a move of God in Canada. God, we thank you for your word for Canada. We thank you for Sir Leonard Tilly, God. We thank you that you're birthing something tonight in hearts about a nation. It's about a nation tonight. It's about a nation tonight. And so God, we just thank you for Canada. There would be an arising in Canada. There would be a resurgence in Canada. There would be something that would cultivate in our hearts that we would believe that Canada could be saved in a day. That God we would believe again that Canada could be saved in a day. Canada could be changed in a minute. That God your presence could do the impossible. The walls that seem so high and so strong God I thank you they're nothing because it's your battle and you have soldiers, you have angels, you have things that you can do, you can shift things. So God, we thank you now for a shift in our nation. God, I thank you that Canada, your someday is here. And God, we call forth a breakthrough in our nation tonight. God, we call forth a breakthrough in every single person here tonight. That there be a shift in hearts tonight. There be a shift, God, in all that you're doing, God. I pray that this would be a birthplace of dreams tonight. A birthplace of destiny tonight. A birthplace of the purposes of God tonight. Yeah, God. Yeah. Yeah, Cindy, uh, there's an anointing. You know it, but there's something for Canada. And even as I spoke, I think back, there's, there's, there's something that God's birthed, and I feel like in this season that you're entering into, it's a new season, it's new ter- but it's new territory for a nation. And God's going to birth something, I feel, for you and Chris about Canada. There's something, even in the prayer room, I'm like, yeah, this is divine, that you're here, and there, there's something about a nation, and God's going to use you in this nation. And it's about, there's, there's something, he's broken your heart for things, but I feel like even Canada, there's something about mom 
moms and something about women, but something about all the people in Canada. And you're going to call people, Canadians, to rise up. There's something in it, in your blogs, and there's just God's using it. And so, God, we thank you. We thank you for Cindy. We thank you for Chris. We thank you that this is the beginning of something. And, God, we thank you for, God, what you've done through them, but what you're going to do. God, you're, you're igniting something, God, and we just declare faith. God, we declare, yeah, we thank you that it's your battle. It's your, it's your step of faith, and it's you who know what's going on. So we thank you, God, that you know the way, way ahead of it. And, God, I thank you that she can and Chris can just walk in it and know, God, you got it covered. Yeah. Yeah. So can you lead us in worship? And we're just going to press it.